Hi everyone and welcome to season two of The Depot, a podcast focused on getting to know the transport industry a little bit better. The podcast has been brought to you by Autosense, who offer driver training and safety solutions to commercial fleets. In this series, we'll be talking about health, safety and wellness in the transport industry. An Otago University study of research into fatal crashes in professional truck drivers sets the scene of why this is such an important topic. Here's some of the key findings of this study. There are around 37,000 professional drivers in New Zealand. 96% of them are male, 64% European, and 23% are Māori. Uh, 42% aged between 45 and 59, uh, 20% over the age of 60. Health and fatigue are the most important factors contributing to road crashes involving heavy vehicles. The most common health conditions identified in the study were high cholesterol, high blood pressure, asthma, depression, migraines, uh, sleep apnea, and diabetes. Um, so today, uh, in episode one of season two of The Depot, I'm here with Dina Clarkson, who is the CEO of the CODA Group, the leading logistics business in New Zealand, to talk about some of the initiatives that CODA has and is implementing to keep their team safe and, most importantly, fit to drive. Dina, welcome. First episode of The Depot in uh, season two. Yeah, hi, Greg. Yeah, great to have you. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, first up, though, uh, tell us about Coda Group. Hey, so um, really excited to have a conversation today. Coda's um, an incredibly uh, exciting business. We do a lot of the freight for significant customers like Fonterra, Silverfern Farms, um, and a number of our freight forwarder customers importing containers in and out of New Zealand. Uh, we have uh, a team of about 300 um, and a network across New Zealand. So we're actually a significant player in the transport industry. All through New Zealand? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very well. How many, how many vehicles on the road? So across our business, we've got a fleet of about 70 vehicles we own yep. and operate. And then we've got 70 service partners that we um, collaborate with to move cargo across the supply chain. Uh, in turn, they have upwards of a thousand vehicles operating on a daily basis, moving some of our customers' freight. That's um, a big logistical um, challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we are a big part of New Zealand's supply chain, and yep. we don't take that for granted. Yeah, very good. Um, have yourself? Have you always been involved in transport and logistics? Is this a, a long-term background that you've got? Yeah, my career has um, spread across supply chain and sales. So I started very early uh, working in the milk industry, um, really enjoyed the dynamics of daily fresh, um, and then progressed into um, what was described as a business development role. I've always had a real passion for business and the economics of business. Um, and then more recently, um, through my role at Fonterra, uh, went into running the physical supply chain network for the New Zealand business part of Fonterra. Um, and the last two years joined Coda Group um, as the CEO. So um, hugely rewarding role, um, the dynamics of managing um, critical thinking every day, solving problems, um, and then leading a team to be at their best every day. Yeah. Yeah. Massive, massive job, massive challenge. Um, you know, it's not shy away from it. It's, it's, it's not necessarily... Uh, uh, somewhere where a woman is, dominates in this space, um, um, you know, there's you're a minority, yeah. effectively. Um, how, you know, how's that been? That challenge um, of it all, look, in a male-dominated 
kind yeah, of industry. Yeah, it is. It is. Look, businesses over time are changing, both mm. in their thinking. Um, and also what we commonly describe as the diversity of thought in leadership roles. So a lot of the skills that I've built up over in my career are very appropriate for leading a mm. business like Coda. Um, my leadership style and my genuine care for people and achieving really good results for our shareholders and customers. Um, we need to see more females come through the industry. There's no reason why not. No. There's completely no reason. No. And look, in my career, I've seen some incredibly strong drivers female drivers, forklift operators. And in fact, when you talk to the lads, they'll often say some of the female forklift operators are the best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a myth around the fact that there's a little bit more care yeah. taken by some of the, the female operators on, on, on the equipment and the way they go about it, right? Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Not so much rip, shit and bust. No, no, yeah. no, no. No, they do care for their assets. And equally, we like to give them our best care because in turn we get that return back and how they look after them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Good to hear. Um, biggest challenges in the transport and logistics sector as you as you see it, it right now? Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's, it's multifaceted. So um, the last three years have been challenging as everyone has experienced through COVID, real shortage of drivers. Um, mm. More recently, um, we're seeing that turn. Um, the type of driver that we have in our business and um, the mindset that they bring to the role. Previously, it was, you know, you got your HT licence, you could drive a heavy vehicle, um, now we're asking you to have an HT license and know what technology and skills you need for that. Um, and then more specifically, how to drive in a competent way on the road um, with some of the cargo we're asking them to move. So um, it is changing um, and the skills we're having to help develop in our workforce has come really to the forefront of how we're hiring and how we're developing our people. It's a challenge for a lot of uh, businesses um, and there's a lot of uh uh, transport businesses that have been around for a very long period of time, you know, and cultures do get formed, don't they? And and the ways that, uh, you know, uh, business, certain businesses, all sorts of different businesses mm. operate, you know, it's sometimes very difficult to move out of, you know, certain cultures. Yeah. Um, but health and safety has become such a a big talking point and such an important part of, of operating anything these mm. days. Um, challenges around you know, shifting cultures, what have you found? Yeah, look, I think in my role, um, in this leadership capacity or prior roles, our focus and the success we've achieved in our businesses have been focusing on the majority of the population that want to get on board, which inevitably starts to create this um, small group that just are not prepared to change. I often think of it um, and commonly describe it as the DNA of one of our drivers and um the, the mindset of actually um, safety first, productivity second. Mm, um, which is not, not that hasn't been the norm. No, it hasn't. No, there's been a huge focus on get the job done um, and do it at any cost, whether it's uh, breaking the law, not being compliant, um, logbook hours and so on. Um, we place an enormous importance on making sure people have equipment that's fit for purpose. And equally, we've got the best drivers operating our fleet on behalf of our customers. And that's, and that's also some of those things, you know, safety first. It's easy to, you know, for people to say those things, yep. right? But the difficulty is is actually making it happen yeah. and, and, and actually living by, yeah, by yeah. those statements. Yeah. That, that, that's, it's not easy. It's not easy to do. No, no. And look, I, I guess in my role, um, you know, I've got a duty of care for those employees out on the road every day. Equally, I've got governance obligations to our board, 
Um, and so some of the things I personally try to lead by example is um, once a quarter go out in a truck run with one of our drivers so I can walk in their shoes, experience the day in the life of one of our runs. And that type of um, understanding then yep. allows me to affect change both positively and constructively around um, good driver behaviour and then investment around some of the things we're thinking about to help make the job easier and safer. What do you see uh, challenges five, ten years moving forward from here? What's the biggest biggest, biggest things that are going to you know, um, make your job harder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think some of the things that are top of mind for me, Greg, are um, keeping up with the rate of change around the fleet coming into the country and, and more globally. Um, that type of um, fleet is modernising the technology in both um, energy consumption and also um, how you drive the vehicle, um, becoming um, a lot more of an advocate around change we need to see on New Zealand roads, so the safety of New Zealand roading. Hallelujah. Yes, I know, you're an advocate. Um, and so we've got a really important role to play across the supply chain in our organisation, given the freight we move, to say um, the roading infrastructure needs improving um, and how we band together with other businesses yep. to do that. Um, the other part of it for me is the cultural and the employment side of it. So hiring the best drivers and having a really profitable business. So in turn, we can attract the best drivers and reinvest in technology. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's never ending. No, uh, no. It's yeah. change. Things are changing. I mean, rate of change on on this stuff. I mean, it, it, do you feel that you know? I don't know. Ten years ago, I mean, we're really looking at different things now, just because of um, I suppose the the, the rate of uh, technology mm. uh, coming in and and those things. Do you, do you think we're really escalating? change faster these days? I don't describe it as faster. I think it's um, different in the sense of the mindset we need to adapt to that level of change. Yep. Um, for me, it's more about the content than it is the, the quantum of change. Um, so even in you know personal life, we've got um, to learn you know iPhones, Apple Watches, um, podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's all different. And as a leader and someone that's responsible for people out on New Zealand roads, um, helping people on that journey because we all learn differently. Mm. Um, when, example, we used um, an investment recently, new tablets inside the trucks for our transport management system. You know, big assumption people actually knew how to turn one on, yeah? Um, and equally how to use it when you're not driving and vice versa. Um, Bluetooth technology and cab, you know, no longer is it acceptable to use your phone while you're driving. Um, so for us and CODA and me personally as a leader, it's ensuring that you are keeping up with that rate of change. And if you're not, you're going to get left yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and then and then when you do have to, you actually have to make the there are a lot changes that are a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. Because right? you embed yep. certain practices or, or cultures as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. One of the podcasts last year was really interesting. We we spoke um, uh, with one of the guests about uh, chain of responsibility, um, which. I don't think it's fully really understood necessarily or we're, we're still in the infancy of actually putting that into play mm. here in New Zealand. But mm. um, I, I, by, from what we've spoken about so far, I would say code is probably working down that pathway of implementing things around chain of responsibility. Would that yeah. be fair? Yeah, it is. Look, for us in that regard, um, we've got two roles to play in this is the uh, obligations we have for our own fleet and employees and the work we do. 
Um, what's become more and more important is the work that we're contracting out under the chain of responsibility. So no longer is it acceptable for businesses to um, signal requirements of deliveries needed to be done and then wash your hands of it. We have to follow through in a way that meets the requirements of uh, legislation, but equally our duty of care as the party contracting out. Um, so the things that we've been thinking about to help um, our role in that is, in fact, leveraging some of the scale we have across New Zealand's supply chain. An example of that is the communication recently we've shared with our service partners undertaking work on our behalf for our customers um, the AutoSense investments we've put into our fleet, we're now asking those service partners to consider um, as a result of the work they do for us. Um, and that's been a really exciting part of partnering with those service partners because they really value doing the work we offer them. It's uh, high quality work, it's work that's done safely, and they are remunerated accordingly. But that would also then benefit them through that, that sort of guidance and support from Coda benefit them with other people that they are absolutely and, and that they are working with as well. Yeah, look, as the industry is lifting their standards on safety and investment, um, their businesses then have the benefit of some of the things we're asking them to implement. Which you're right um, has some benefits more broadly to the work they mm. do for non-Coda customers. Um, the real gold in that is, um, as a whole, we see this groundswell of momentum around actually everyone starting to think about safety. First and foremost, we will never be a bottom feeder, so we're not interested at doing work at any cost. Um, and therefore, those that we do partner with are very, very much on board uh, to the type of standards and technology we're asking them to implement. Mm. Now, you have a digital transformation program underway. It's we do. fancy. Um, talk to us about this and yeah, why, why yeah. it's so important. Look, for, for our business, um, again, we're really privileged to move a lot of freight across New Zealand. You know, we, we work with customers um, that are the single largest exporter of freight. Um, there is an expectation that we've got to get a lot more savvy in this space. And so when I joined the business a couple of years ago, it was really clear that we have some parts in our business to transform um, and equally, we needed to invest in. And so recently, um, if I talk about sort of the low-level stuff, we've introduced um, annual health checks, um, which is allowing us to ensure that our people are fit for work. Um, and then more specifically in the digital space, we're doing things like a new transport management system, which is going to allow us to be a little bit more um, savvy around optimising freight. Um, most recently, we've invested in technology, which will um, include in CAB, around keeping our drivers safe um, and then the tools that need to go with that and the information that that then provides us to uh, create informed decisions. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a big part of our transformational program. Um, really value the businesses we work with and customers and equally the people that work for us because they have a choice. Um, we want to create a point of difference around the technology we invest in and then they can use to help make the job easier. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, never-ending stuff. And mm. and you just mentioned some stuff about driver safety as well. Yeah. Uh, it's so critical, and obviously that's a big thing for me and also obviously the team at AutoSense with some of the, the tech mm. that um, that we have available to us. So uh, just uh, itemise what those, those safety initiatives are, what they can comprise of. Yeah, so the relationship we've built um, with AutoSense includes the um, – Guardian technology, the MyTech te technology, and then we're modernising our usage of um, eRoad. 
All of that technology allows us then to feed into a central repository, uh, both with the information we will then report on and act on, Mm. um, but equally some of the detections that we're now receiving through the help desk and how our dispatchers and our transport teams are then um, acting and responding on those those calls and notifications. And many of that has been really well received from our drivers. They enjoy getting the call. We've put Bluetooth technology in our entire fleet now. So again, there's not the distraction of picking up a mobile phone or a a cell phone use. Um, That's powerful information we can now share with our board and our customers um, that we've never had access to in the past. So um, some of the footage that we see from time to time can be confronting, mm. but I describe that as a really good problem because um, it's allowing us to have the early conversations. Um, our drivers are responding really well and they understand the rationale behind it, which is really positive. And also uh, probably part of that um, is is having the drivers understand as well mm. what kind of commitment that is because it's a massive financial commitment because it's also time um, which turns into money on utilizing that information properly mm-hmm. it's one mm-hmm. thing installing everything right yeah and having it there it's like yep. oh we've that's tick we've yes. put it all there but actually then maximizing utilizing analyzing yeah yeah <laughs> all the ings um, to actually get get a return from it yep. and in in your case and from what you've been speaking about, you know, the importance of mm. literally actually using it, which is to look after your your people accordingly yeah, yeah. is and look, such the significant part. It is, Greg. And, and for us, it wasn't just as simple as saying we're going to invest in this technology. Um, and whilst the investment was an important decision from a financial mm. point of view, what overrode that was the benefit it would provide our business, our reputation, and also us being custodians of our customer cargo. Um, the benefit we're now seeing through our digital transformational programs is that we're modernising our reporting mechanisms. So we now have the capability of BI reporting, which allows us and our teams to be a little bit more self-sufficient about the information they're now seeing. Categorising that in a way which we um, go and focus on the high alerts, which are almost an instant reaction to something concerning but then also trending information where we can recognise the population of our workforce doing really well. The other side of it with our service partners is that we can have proactive conversations around show us the method in which you're managing fatigue. And it's evidence-based. It's not just a a coffee and a chat. And that is critical if you're in an environment where you've had an event and there's a gaping hole around evidence to support what were you doing to support um, driver fatigue, yeah? And so I feel we're in a much, much better place now that we've got that program rolling out, the investment going into trucks, the reporting that we can access in a modern way, because it can be quite overwhelming. And I have heard of other um, partners in the industry saying, we're just going to go a bit slow on this because the data we're getting is overwhelming. Yeah. But you do need to chunk well, it new. down. Yeah. In many yeah, cases. Yeah. And you don't want it to become such an administrative task that you go, this is just too hard. Yeah. So we've we've rolled it out as a consistent investment and then we've sorted out the back end, we call it, from a reporting point of view to make sure that we've got a simple and streamlined way of reporting, which I get visibility of every Monday and it's a fancy new dashboard. I can see visually what was a cell phone distraction, what was a fatigue distraction. I feel really well informed as the leader 
And in turn, I've got facts I can then share with the board on a monthly basis. You've rolled out uh, a new initiative to the Code of Supply Partners as well. We have. Uh, you tell us about that. Yeah, so um, through meeting the AutoSense team, we created a um, very aligned view on the need to invest in in-cab technology. Uh, we're investing in that right across our CODA-owned fleet. Um, in turn, our customers we work with, a significant part of moving freight through New Zealand, said uh, we need to see the same level of change and investment across those partners. So we uh, used our position in the marketplace to actually state and be quite specific on the investment that we expect of them. And we did that in a really collaborative way. We asked them to think about um, a similar investment and therefore the way we can actually operate together in a more efficient and safe way. Mm. The response has been incredibly positive. And the exciting part of that is that we're seeing the whole transport industry get on board, yeah. which allows us then to lift the safety performance as a whole. And that, so that's genuinely the, we, the vibe that you've got Absolutely. And, and, and from communication that you're yeah, seeing. Because yeah. the, the, the it's, 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 it's been very um, difficult for a lot of people to get their head around some of this um, over, again, because of cost and all that kind of stuff, it's been a challenge. Yeah, interesting though. No, no one's come back and said, we're not prepared to make that investment. Yep. Um, what we have seen is some, some slow adopters, we'll call them, um, but the majority of the 70 partners we're working with, one either had the technology already, um, and we really value that proactiveness. Uh, the second group were um, absolutely happy to get on board. And the third group um, of those um, slow adopters, I think, just need more information before they start um, making their own decisions. But that's now the new standard. And even went so far as this week, some of our customers are saying, we like what you're doing for those customers. We want the same applied for our freight. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the uniformity is really helpful across our supply chain work. Um, what was your time frame around that? Yeah, we had some debate about that internally. And um, so the dialogue we had with some of our service partners, the good ones that had already got on board, in fact, had the same technology we were rolling out. Um, we ended up with a varied three to nine months type time frame that would get us to the end of what we describe as a seasonal period. Um, some of the team wanted to go longer, and, and my view was that wasn't acceptable based on some of the safety events we were seeing. Um, so within roughly three to six months, we should have it across, you know, at least six, eight hundred units across New Zealand's um, transport industry. Um, which will then have some momentum around work being undertaken by other customers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we, everyone's got to buy into these things. I mean, mm. it's, it's such a major shift. So, the, you know, the, uh, introducing, you know, that kind of technology and, and driver safety is one part, but then also, um, you know, big part of what we're discussing through these uh, podcasts is that the health and wellness as well of mm. our drivers um, because – We've talked about it many times. We've talked about it a lot um, in the last series as well. You know, um, there's, there's sort of, uh, I suppose, some a lot of drivers identified or, or, or the perception of, of a truck driver in many cases is, is of a certain certain um, sort of build and, um, and, and a lot struggle yeah. uh, because of the environments that they're in and what they work to, to maintain, you know, health, uh, good health. Yeah. So... This is a big shift as well, isn't we it? Yeah, yeah. So CODA as a business um, in the last two years have implemented the annual health checks. And so you'd think that's quite a simple thing most people would do in their personal life. 
It's uh, not. It's not. It no. just is not. And look, for various... And, me, and more so men, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, f- for many reasons, people haven't done it. What we as a business decided is it's our duty of care. Um, what we've discovered and uncovered through those conversations by someone independent sitting with an employee one-on-one um, is some benefits around learning some things that would have had a bearing on their ability to perform effectively um, driving a heavy vehicle or a forklift in one of our warehouses. And examples that we've discovered, um, impairment issues with yep. sight, um, sleep apnea, um, health and weight and diet, um, and general fatigue turning up for a shift that might be very sedentary and you know, 10, 12 hours long. Um, and so we've achieved two things through that process. One is we've been able to get help for people that typically wouldn't go and get that themselves. Um, and the second part of it is a higher engagement and retention within our workforce. We genuinely care about people's wellness turning up for work and we want to get them home safely at night. And so those checks every year, and they're happening right now in our business, um, as much as you don't want to hear some of that feedback, it's the proactiveness of keeping people safe and well. Yeah, and I've um, been fortunate enough to come along to a couple of your depots and, yeah. and spend some time with uh, some of your amazing people as well. But and it's it is that engagement you've you know, and you've got to you've really got to um, take them on a journey with all this and, mm. and show support. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's not just about going well. Hey, here's a free health check for you. Yeah, uh, it's about make, following it up and showing actually it, it, it actually means something as well. That's so important. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. And look, um, we're not. We're not doing this to judge people and the choices they make in their personal life. Our care and, and focus has been on um, being fit and healthy and well and the tasks we're undertaking uh, or asking them to undertake. Um, so whether it be your mobility, getting in and out of a cab or on and off a forklift, the importance of three points of contact. And we all know as we go around the sun a few times, the body starts to get a little bit old um, and creaky and mobility becomes a bit of an issue. Injuries happen a lot more frequently. And so our job is to make sure that we've got those early intervention practices in place and we can apply appropriate support, whether that be physio, stretching, um, good suggestions around diet. Because yep. um, there is this, this concept of truck drivers and a pie Absolutely. and a Coke. Yeah, yeah that, you know, they're out on the road every day and they are um, busy individuals, so they don't always get the chance to pack a lunch. But it's also, yeah. um, you know, unless you're exposed to... Uh, good information, um, things become very routine mm. as well. Um, and it, and when you are in a, a, a routine with the type of job um, a lot of professional drivers are doing, I mean, the, you know, the routes they're on, the schedules they're on, um, yep. obviously there's also obviously different shifts and the likes as well, but mm. it's, it's, it's so easy to fall into a routine which isn't necessarily – a good one, yes. And breaking that is really difficult, but also the information around, you know, as you say, I mean, most of us sort of know that some of the things we do aren't good for us, but yep. you know, in moderation, mm. not so bad. Mm. But but when you actually just fall into these these, we you know, yeah. it can be very damaging. Can't it, it can, and look, those habits um, create sort of consequences and outcomes. And recently, we had a great story in one of our um, operations in Auckland. One of our drivers who operates the uh, big reach stacker, yep. high risk type of job. Um, he recently um, uh, had a health check, um, got some advice about you know needing to lose some weight. Um, he subsequently went and got a dog and said, "Now I have to walk the dog every day," and he's lost about thirty kilos. He he made a comment to me a couple of weeks back about how one good he feels 
the sleep he's now getting, and thirdly, how easy it is to get in and out of his reach stacker. So, you know, those stories make me super proud to be able to say we offered him a service and he's had a benefit from it. Yeah. 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 And and forget about work and job. Yeah. That's his life. Yeah, yeah is better for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His frame of mind is so much more positive and you can see in his physical appearance, we had to go and get him some new PPE gear um, because he was swimming in the big hivers that he was previously wearing. And, you know, he a very humble individual, but the story he was telling about the health check and then getting the dog and, and now having to walk the dog every day gave him a reason to break some bad habits and um, it's benefited his health. So clearly um, there's been some, some pretty good response mm. Um, uh, how would you say, uh, would you say it's a, across the board or there's obviously still going to be challenges because everyone is different, but, yeah. but generally it's, you've, you've had, you've had good engagement from, from the staff on this and yeah, response. Absolutely. Look, it's still, uh, for our high risk roles, it's a requirement, uh, for more of our office base, it's an optional, but the groundswell we've seen in the last year, particularly, uh, we're seeing more and more attendance in those sessions. So um, as an obligation we have to, you know, for duty of care, we keep those records to ensure not the detail of the, the actual checks, but the fact that you know, Greg's gone along to his annual health check. Um, if the employee is comfortable to share the information, then yep. we help support them. Then we've got the ability to ensure that there's a follow-up. For example, if you've got um, eyesight that's deteriorating, that's a key part of operating a heavy piece of equipment. And therefore, we need to make sure that you get across to the optometrist and ideally some glasses are purchased or, or um, contacts. Also, one of the things that um, is really powerful um, is is having, uh, you know, staff willing to share their, their mm. stories and experiences, um, mm. you know, uh, one about the health side of things, but also, you know, um, when they're driving and, mm. and, and instances or mm. in incidents that have, have also occurred for various reasons. We know the fatigue side of things is yep. such a big one. Are you getting, if seeing or feeling that um, that's uh, really supportive? Are you getting staff that are willing to, to use their experiences to, yeah, to help are. others? Yeah, yeah. I kind of call them informal advocates within the team. Um, I have this view, you know, what, what would Dean and I sitting behind an office desk all day? Um, so we've been able to select pockets of people within the teams to be a bit of a buddy system um, or an advocate informally to say, hey, mate, you want to get this this check done because it's providing some great benefit. So sometimes our feedback or communication can be described as a bit of white noise. Um, if we can tap into some of the key advocates within the team, that's quite empowering around mm. um, mates looking after mates. Um, and equally being able to say, um, we need to get you home safe at night. When you have a bad sleep and you're on a truck for a 10, 12-hour shift, um, that's going to cause an issue over time with you know fatigue or micro-sleeps. Um, but the comfort we've got now is as a business, we're doing everything practicable to make sure that we've got technology going into cabs, we're buying and replacing our fleet with modern gear, um, we've got good communication around keeping people safe from a um, early shift discussion at six in the morning. Mm. Um, so I'm feeling a lot better about leading an organisation that is investing in those types of initiatives. It won't stop here. We've got a lot more work to do. Um, what I can do is influence those things. What I can't control is people that make bad decisions. Yep. Yeah. What about uh, other wellness initiatives that, that uh, you've implemented um, for your team? 
Yeah, there's a few that we've um, successfully launched. Um, simple things like uh, we put a brand new coffee machine into our uh, canteen, which sounds a really simple concept, but um, we had one that was often breaking down or the guys couldn't access it. We all enjoy a bit of caffeine before we um, hit the day. Um, this machine we um, launched allows for a beautiful espresso coffee and some soup in the winter. Um, and whilst it sounds simple, yeah. our, our truck driver's now saying, I can bring my takeout cup, yeah. I can get a nice coffee and I can jump in my cab. So that's one that's really stood out. Um, the simple things like we do fruit boxes across our, our different teams. Um, the guys and girls can grab a piece of fruit or two and pop that in the cab as well. It's just our little bit of extra help mm. to give people some choices through their day. And, yeah, it's incredible how little things yeah. make such a significant difference, really, yeah. right? Yeah, Especially in a routine environment and, you know, a little bit of appreciation. Yeah, yeah. And, look, you know, some of the new team members that have joined CODA, they've recently given the canteen a bit of a birthday. Uh, so we've got, you know, vending machines now. We've got tables and chairs more uh, broadly across the room. Um, so there's access for everybody um, a book library, if you're interested in that. Um, TV screen, so we can pop up the the monthly Hui update that we have, which talks to business updates, uh, reward and recognition. Um, and the guys and girls love that because we all like to see your mate that's done really well recognised for that performance. Um, so it feels like we're doing the right things, and the feedback's been really positive. Yep, uh, a lot of people, you know, um, struggling through, you know, existing. These days, um, you know, mental health is a huge subject across the country. Yep. It's not just isolated to mm. a, you know, certain cases, uh, you know, um, your industry as well. Uh, uh, I'm sure there's, there's lots of issues there. And um, and so what's CODA doing around yeah. that and to support people that uh, that might be struggling in that space? Yeah, look, this is a really important subject. And some mm. of the industry stats and data we're seeing is that mental health is becoming a higher focus for organisations than physical safety. Um, so recognising our team have lots of stuff going on outside of work, whether that be financial pressure, relationship issues, um, just daily living. And so some of the initiatives we've got on board with, we've always had access to external counselling support um, through some of the suppliers we partner with. Um, the morning, uh, we call it the morning hui, so turning up at quarter to six before shift and actually having the conversation about how are you today um, and doing that in a way which is genuine and quite authentic rather than just, um, you just know. Just ticking a box. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And, and recognising in transport particularly, it's a very isolated role. You've got the truck, you've got the technology, you've got the radio going or some music. Um, it can be quite isolating in the sense of no one to talk to. So the regular checks our dispatchers are doing to ensure drivers are feeling good about the day, um, having a confidant within the business, so a buddy system. Um, we've introduced some new leaders into our transport function that genuinely want to care for their people. Um, and that chat and that relationship based on trust is making a big difference around mental health. We recently supported Gumboot Friday. Yep. Um, the team loved it. So in non-critical risk roles, we had people turning up in their gumboots. Um, we've got the Movember happening right now. Um, and so um, while some of us can't contribute to that or choose not to, we're donating in a way which supports a really important program. Mm. Through the time that you have been and you've been focused on a lot of these initiatives, do you, already, you, know, do you feel you, the results are quite evident already? 
Uh, it's slow burn. Um, I've always been a believer that um, quality change, not quantity. Um, so it's very easy to get a KPI dashboard out and say, yep, job done. Yep. Um, but actually it's a bit like what I describe as a watermelon. It might look green and compliant on the outside, but you've got some burning red issues inside the business. Um, the way I like to see things change is actually verifying it for myself, walking the shop floor, talking to the drivers. Um, we are seeing a change year on year. Um, some of the events and numbers remain the same, but the severity is dropping, which I'm really pleased with. And, and, and do, uh, everyone on the floor, are they? Be, do you think they're becoming more uh, open to you yeah, with yeah. With, the, with your approach? Uh, like, I mean, it's often very difficult. You don't want to be speaking out necessarily. People find it very difficult, uh, you know, in a confronting situation potentially yep. or whatever to to actually be open and honest about mm. stuff because they're worried about consequence. No, um, no. Yeah. I, I, the way I lead Greg is more of a um, transparent and trusting way. So we want a culture of openness and feedback. If we don't get candid, honest feedback, we can't affect change. Mm. And so for our organisation, my leadership role and the executive leadership team, we want to be present and visible in the business. Uh, in turn, we need to build relationships that form a trusted way of working. Um, I prefer really honest and candid feedback, and our team are certainly really good at that. Um, that allows us then to make some changes or, in fact, uh, bust a few myths like, for example, when you came along and talked to some of our yep. drivers and they challenged you on um, this thing's watching me um, and your response was exactly what the drivers needed to hear, which is the only time it's going to film you is if you're doing something wrong. Yep. Yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's still a little bit of a shift for some of our workforce and it's possibly some generational shift whereby um, there's a belief and until that belief is busted... Yep. Um, then we're not going to see change. And in fact, when I was in the canteen a few weeks back with one of our drivers who was quite animated in the session you joined us for, um, he said, my bloody seat keeps shaking. Um, and I said, the only way to stop that is to actually ensure that you are looking ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he sort of winked at me and walked away. He he knew the answer. Um but there's a bit of a, a conversation still to have with some of those guys and girls. Yeah, yeah. and that's ongoing, right? Mm. I mean, it is, it is, and it is, there is generational stuff. I mean, we talk about the, some of the statistics around um, our drivers and some yeah. of the, the age of mm. a lot of the drivers and how long they've been mm. doing this incredibly difficult sometimes and challenging and, yeah. and you know, uh, sometimes very repetitious kind of job I mean these they are professionals yep. right and and habits yeah. um, sometimes are hard to break especially if you've been doing this for 30 or 40 years absolutely the changes sometimes are hard are very difficult to keep up with and, and you don't want to change some stuff if you've been doing it this way for a, yeah. a long period of time um, you know some of this new idea and, and new yep. leadership and new uh, new, new um, direction mm. is mm. hard to Hard to take on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I think about it in the way that um, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But equally, if we've got some good ideas both from our workforce or industry or regulations are changing, the communication aspect of that's really important because um, we don't want to be an organisation or an industry that's a command and control. So you will, you must. Yeah. There's an element of that through legislation, but how we go about communicating the why is important. And that's been probably the biggest positivity out of our changes in CODA in the last two years. 
Um, we're looking to invest in technology, and this is why. And this is the benefit. Um, in a recent story, you know, when someone resists um, technology in CAB, um, then um, the, the story I heard was we went and asked the partner or the wife or the girlfriend at home and said, you know, old mate's um, saying no to this stuff. And she said, he needs it because I need him home safe at night. And so actually finding strategies to be able to then get around that resistance or pushback in a way which gets us the outcome we're looking for. Because mm. we all don't like to be told stuff. Nope. But if you get an opportunity to feed in and comment and contribute, then you're more likely to support and endorse the concept. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Well, that's mm. that's a that's a good one about um, going to the yeah. the wife partner, you yeah. know, and uh, and the kids as yeah. well to, to yeah, utilise yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but so many things going on. Um how do you know that uh, the the things that you're implementing are actually working? Yeah, it's a good question and one that we've thought a lot about. Uh, we have this concept called an engagement survey. Um, and while some people may go, um, yep, we'll say some stuff and nothing happens, we act on that feedback. So for the last couple of years, we've had an annual engagement survey. We've asked over 300 people to give us their feedback. We've got some prescribed questions we ask on very topical subjects that are important to us. We've got some on safety, we've got some on well-being, business performance, how do you connect with our strategy? Um, and the feedback we've had year on year is making a significant difference on the work we're doing, both in the care for our employees, the initiatives we're implementing, and it's really encouraging to see the shift. We show that year on year lift um, we're really transparent about the results. If we get verbatim comments that are provided, we keep that confidential because that could be quite explicit to certain subjects or topics, um, and we treat that with the utmost confidentiality. Um, but the basis of um, the work we're doing in this space and the feedback we're getting are reconciling really nicely. And that transparency with your employees is is, mm. is critical to for them to see that things are, are moving when, yeah. they, when they say something or have a comment about it. So yeah, both, both in the sense of the improvements we're doing, but equally if they're sharing feedback they believe is important, saying no to some of that stuff is just as important to close it out. Sure. Um, the piece that um, I often reflect on when I turn up every day is I just want people to have a great day at work. We spend so much time together at, at work. work. And so um, how do we make that environment really positive and safe and people get to go home at night? Yep. Yeah. So many things there, right, that um, anyone that is uh, in the industry mm. um, either um, is adopting or there's things there that uh, you've highlighted that they can adopt. But um, do you have anything, uh, any specific tips or or pieces of nuggets of gold that um, you give other transport and logistics businesses um, who are also on the journey but mm. maybe not quite where, where um, CODA is at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, there's no magic formula. We've tried some stuff and it hasn't worked. Um, we're going to keep trying some stuff. And, and more recently, the investments we've gone after have worked and are effective. Um, what I say to that question would be, um, if others are doing it well, lean in and have the conversation about the why. Um, I think the transport industry and more broadly supply chain, we've still got this sense of um, egos where um, we need to break down some of that and uh, collaborate a lot more. We're all trying to s solve the same problem. Um, and so part of that will be um, actually asking questions of others um, to be able to steal with pride, I describe it. 
Um, so, you know, when I meet with um, either Halls Group or Booth Logistics, um, which are some of our service partners, or in the South Island, some of our strategic haulers, um, what's working for you and what's not? Um, and that helps us all lift the whole industry to be more safe, both in how we operate and also the reputation we have across New Zealand Inc. Do you, with that in mind, um, you obviously have strategic partners and people that you're working with, um, do you feel that the, the industry is becoming more collaborative across the board um, and what, willing to share and listen as well? Yeah, I think slowly. Um, there are some industry forums that we're really keen to get off the ground to be able to then share some of those ideas. It will take um, leaders like the capacity I have at CODA to actually shift their mindsets. This is not about um, commercial um, you know, competitiveness. This mm. is actually about yep. collectively. Yeah, it's a bigger picture. There's a much bigger picture. A- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, having those conversations in the right forums to be able to say, how do we do this together? Um, because a problem shared, shared is a problem halved, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and, and everyone's got similar issues when it comes to mm. shortages mm. Of, of professional drivers and the need to continue to, you know, be able to service, uh, you know, New, the New Zealand economy. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the, many, of your, many of your issues are, are exactly the same yep. across the board. Yeah, yeah. And look, we've got this term at the moment, we either need to thrive or you die. And industry right now is under significant pressure, both cost, workforce access, um, customer margins are being squeezed. Um, if we don't operate a highly efficient and safe mm. business, people are making choices to move from suppliers based on safety performance, yep. uh, sustainability of those businesses, and ultimately the service that we provide. Um, so it is top of mind when we're out in the market winning business, and the feedback I hear in the industry when business is lost. Um, so it is becoming a key part of processes when business goes to market. Um, we need to get a lot better at it because we've got a massive role in our country to actually be safe and efficient. Um, you know, ocean freight coming into New Zealand, if we don't keep those big ships coming in here, um, then transport in New Zealand will be impacted. So there's a collective effort we need to make across supply chain. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, coming up soon, we've got, um, uh, and you're, we're all coming together, you're joining me and, and David Latelli, some other speakers, a Transport Leaders Forum in Auckland on February uh, the 22nd here in Auckland. Um, that's really important, isn't it, too, mm. to, to spread uh, ideas and, and get people outside the industry like David to come along and tell stories and support, um, you know, the workforce as well. Mm. Um, you know, you're looking forward to being a part of that? Yeah, I absolutely am, Greg. It's um, it's an invitation I was asked to speak at and um, didn't give it a second thought. Um, I've got a really important role across the business I lead and more specifically transport as a whole. Um, I, I believe I've got a story to share around my personal safety leadership journey um, and in turn, the dynamics of um, running a, you know, a fleet of the size we do, um, but equally um, the importance of actually caring for your people. And that has to be a really authentic leadership skill. I think at times some organisations are just focused on ticking the box. And so um, I'm pretty animated about that stuff. And so being part of this forum will allow us to come together um, and have that conversation. 
just some fantastic insights into uh, CODA um, and your leadership skills and how you're approaching that. Um, I think there's there's just so many fantastic pieces there for people to mm. take away um, and also maybe go, yeah, well, that's that's good. We're on the right path. Um, there's so many takeaways from it. So brilliant to have you along uh, and kick off uh, the second series of the depot. Um, also, big thanks, to obviously, to AutoSense 2 for, um, you know, providing this platform for us to have these conversations and share the information in the transport sector. So thanks, thanks heaps, Dina. Thank you. Loved it. Um, and happy to share any insights for those listening. Brilliant. Now, if you enjoyed the chat and conversation I had with Dina uh, today uh, and you want to hear a little bit more, she'll be presenting at the Transport Leaders Forum Breakfast event in Auckland on Thursday, the 22nd of February. Uh, the event focuses on creating a culture of health, safety and wellness in transport. Uh, Dina will be joined by myself and I'll be talking uh, a little bit more about driver safety and also David Latelli, who is a life coach and the founder of the BBM program in Auckland. He'll be sharing his journey to health and fitness and it is one hell of a story. It's going to be an epic event and one you won't want to miss. So if you want to find out more, go to autosense.co.nz forward slash transport leaders for all the info. So that's it for today. If you like what you've heard, um, you can subscribe to the podcast so you'll get alerts each time uh, a new episode is up. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.